Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome everyone. We'd like to uh, thank you for tuning in to this month's uh, Perkins platform. Just a reminder, this platform is a uh, forum for discussing the latest in uh, educational leadership issues around the country. And so today's guest is uh, Dr. Ann Bryan, joining us from the National School Boards Association. Um, Ann is the executive director of this uh, organization. Welcome, Ann. Welcome to all of the listeners and viewers. Uh, Brian, it's great to be with you on this wonderful, sunny, at least in Washington, D.C. afternoon. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you joined us. We're going to just jump right in, Ann, and uh, could you tell us a little bit, uh, for the listeners that may not know about the National School Boards Association, tell us briefly a little bit about uh, the National School Boards Association. Absolutely. We represent the 50 state associations who, in turn, reach just about 13,800 school districts, every school board in the country. And that uh, totals about 90, 90 to 95,000 school board members, uh, mostly elected. Uh, about 5% are appointed. Uh, and they do the tireless work, usually on a volunteer basis, of governing our public schools. Uh, in the last uh, 16 years that I've been associated with NSBA, we've really done a couple of major sort of mission focus strategies, and that was to make student achievement in the broadest sense of the word, not just test scores, but student learning and student achievement be the focal point of NSBA's work. So we came out in 1998 with the key work of school boards, which is an eight-part framework that really defines what good governance means. We uh, have gotten a, a small grant from the Gates Foundation to look at how to create uh, modules of accountability for school boards to use uh, to really drive their work. And our top three priorities are advocacy in the, on Capitol Hill. That's trying to get Congress to do the right thing by kids and by school districts. Advocacy in the courts. We actually file more amicus briefs than all the other education organizations combined. And the third area is so critical, and it's ad advocacy for public education and an understanding of how school boards can really drive that agenda. Excellent, excellent. Thanks for that. I uh, didn't realize you had been there for 16 years, and so I imagine in the 16 years of uh, uh, being in front of Congress, you've seen things come and go, you've seen presidents come and go, and and issues certainly um, in in the scope of public education um, come and go. And, and so one of of those issues um, that's been really at the forefront right now um, on national media outlets and, and it seems like in the pu public forum um, is this issue of student performance and connecting that to teacher pay, teacher evaluation, um, and as we know, uh, something that was just recently in the news about uh, uh, at the center of of this controversy was um, uh, teacher evaluation and uh, student performance and uh, really interesting to to hear you say a few things about um, uh, in those 16 years how you've been uh, you've seen these and and what are you hearing from your membership about uh, this connection and 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 what's going on right now well, um, and I'd love to talk more about a, a recent study we did, but let me just get right to your question and, and answer. I think school board members absolutely understand 
that the most effective way to increase student achievement is great teachers in every classroom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the data says it. it's not class size, it's not length of the school day, even though those can have some impact, it is the quality of teaching. Mm-hmm. And so school boards absolutely know that that's a number one agenda. And in order to have the best teachers uh, with our students, you need to have good prof- professional development, you need to have and good performance measures. And I think over the many decades that you and I added up have been in this work, we know that a just a simple seniority system doesn't get you the best teachers in front of students. So some kind of performance evaluation is absolutely what NSBA believes in. Now, having said that, it's tricky work. Um, Having fair performance evaluation, you ask any business leader or you ask the military, it's tough work to do. So creating a fair evaluation system is very, very important. Actually, NSBA and the administrators and the two unions signed a document in Cincinnati in May when we came together for the U.S. Department of Education's Labor Management Conference, and it was called Transforming the Teaching Profession. And its goal was really to look at creating high levels of student achievement, increased equity, and increased global competitiveness. And the elements of a document that we all signed, not in blood but in ink, um, Mm -hmm. talked about a culture of shared responsibility and leadership, It talked about attracting top talent um, prepared for success. It talked about continuous growth and professional development. It talked about how we get effective teachers and principals. It talked about a professional career continuum with competitive compensation. Um, And it talked about conditions for successful teaching and learning. All of these are important. Should student data be used in teacher performance? Absolutely. Should it be two, in some cases, really bad state tests? Well, that's questionable, Um, and certainly it's questionable as to whether the flat test should be used. Rather, the question should be, did a teacher grow a student at least a year's worth of learning? So from fall to late spring, early summer, did an individual student see at least a year's academic gains? I mean, that's a fair question. But how you measure that depends on whether you have good assessments and whether it's fairly implemented. Sure, sure. And and going back to something you just said about um, uh, the, in terms of the connection, um, are students getting a year of growth uh, and making that kind of the the real uh, uh, connection that people understand is important uh, for for students to be guaranteed and parents and families to be guaranteed this if if you come. Uh, to us, regardless of where you are, uh, that you will, you're, we, we're guaranteeing that your student will will receive a year of growth for each year that they're here with us. Um, Absolutely, are... and that that can look different in many different classrooms. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, in arts and music, it's going to look different than it does in a math class. Sure. And the assessments, the the measurements that you use, the assessment tools you use, are very important, and they should be agreed upon by administrators and teachers and and the school board reviewing it because that if that creates the the evaluation system then that can also and if it's fair then we can counsel out teachers who shouldn't be in the profession then we can get professional development to the to those who we know can improve and i think and i think NSBA as an organization agrees we want to be able to compensate the best and the brightest sure 
Sure, absolutely. Uh, to everyone who uh, may have just joined us a bit late, we have Dr. Ann Bryant with us from the National School Boards Association. She's the executive director, been so for the past 16 years, and we're just talking a little bit about uh, uh, school boards and their roles in um, thinking about how we get the most out of uh, the professionals we have uh, in our schools. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about um, some other areas, and one particularly, um, you know, in terms of the the what what some researchers and some advocates for public education have have deemed an assault on the very existence of public education, but public school boards. And so, I'd like to have you say a little bit uh, from the organization's perspective, also about uh, the importance of having school boards and those local representatives um, uh, in control of what happens to uh, the educational community. Well, absolutely, and and I think Brian, it's always easy to to slam a group of people, and people do that wrongly. So basically, they're wrong. <laughs> but um, I think the sort of we know that student achievement is an issue in this country. We know we have achievement gaps, and so people want to solve those problems, and they look to whoever is the closest and the maybe the quickest to blame. It's interesting that school board elections don't get a huge turnout, and so the work of boards and the understanding of what boards do is often kind of a mystery to people. Um, but school boards are, for the most part, elected or in some cases appointed of the community. They are leaders in their community often, um, they're every walk of life, and they do this work, which is mostly unpaid, because they care about children. And their responsibility is to care about all the children. So not just the kids in one class, not just my child who is in the school, not just that school because I'm the principal. The, the Board of Governors, the Board of Trustees, oversees the entire system. And so they have to look out for those kids who may not have a strong advocate in their back pocket. So oftentimes, school boards are looking out for, are we sure? They're asking the tough questions around, are we sure that this curriculum that the teachers are recommending is going to be good for black boys? Are we sure that this change we're going to make in technology is going to be fair to those children in our community who might not have Macintosh at home? So it's really, they're kind of the keepers of not only the equity agenda, the fairness agenda, but the excellence agenda. And I can't tell you the number of school board members I've met across this country who literally work tirelessly. When they go to the grocery store and there's a there's been a um, a flat tire on a bus, they hear about it. <laughs> Why can't they fix the flat tire? Right. So, you know, they are the connection to the community. They are the advocates for all children. And I will tell you that they um, do an amazing job of trying to connect and create the best resources so that what we know needs to happen, which is a great teacher in every classroom, the right technology, good facilities. Sometimes we're feeding many children their only good meals um, in our in on our campuses. Um, they are looking out for the health and welfare of our children to make sure that we graduate the leaders of the next the twenty first century. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and do you think by and large um, people are coming around to that, or what, where do you see the the public discussion going on that? Well, you know, it's interesting. I've just returned from NBC's annual Education Nation for for about a week. They focus all of their platforms, as they call them: NBC, 
CNBC, MSNBC on education. And we had an array of extraordinary leaders. Um, we had the two presidents of the United I mean, the, excuse me, President Obama, uh, Governor Romney. Um, we had four secretaries of education and leaders from, from across the country. And I was fascinated that it always in a sense, came back to what works at the local level, what the difference is going to happen at the local level. And as Secretary Arnie Duncan talked about the importance even of Common Core Standards, which is coming down the pike. 46 or 47 states have agreed that we need to have rigorous standards that are common across the entire country, and they are planning to implement those standards. But even as we look at Common Core Standards, Secretary Duncan said, you know, the real when the rubber meets the road is when we look at what's going to happen at the local district level with school boards and teachers and superintendents, the curriculum they use, the, the teaching um, of the, the professional development of teachers, that's going to be the difference as to whether we, in fact, use Common Core standards to, to raise up the, the rigor and the learning that kids need. So it was it was actually pretty interesting. I think what we're seeing, and I don't think it's just Tea Party and and, um, you know, Republican versus Democrat. I think we're seeing the American public recognizing, and by the way, I'd, I'd rather have the rating the, the rating of school boards than of Congress right now. <laughs> the public doesn't like Congress at all. Um, but I think people are recognizing that real change, real substance and real uh, improvement in student learning is going to happen at the local level. And And so turning to school boards and to superintendents and to principals and teachers and saying, how can we work together to make sure that that student learning is the best it can be? That's the answer. It was it was very interesting at Education Nation after a lot of criticism from people like me who've been for the last two years. Um, they did focus on 10 success stories, 10 case studies where at the local level things were going right and we were improving education for our kids. Every single story was about a local district, a local board and superintendent look, looking at change for student achievement and change to improve student learning. Uh, it was very, it was inspiring. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and uh, that's also been in the news recently and um, something that uh, I've been following as well, the, the bits and pieces that we can get. It's, it's just so interesting that, um, and, and certainly now that we're in the middle of uh, an election season uh, for the presidency, uh, we don't hear a lot about education. Um, I know pretty much everywhere I go that there are two real topics, I think, and if not three. You know, so you have one, obviously, is the economy, and then not too far behind that, people mention education, and then maybe health care uh, in, in, in the top three seem to be uh, constantly uh, in the mix. And, and one of the things that um, surprises me is we haven't heard a lot um, about it, but um, in in this particular election, I think for for some obvious reasons. But um, you know the the 
uh, real um, discussion that I've had with board members uh, has revealed to me that uh, they feel that you know it's a thankless job, but that that they feel that there are um, that there are a lot of challenges out there that prevent them from being able to do things like you know what you saw in Chicago, um, where they say we we there are you know there are multiple sides to this story, but um, certainly that um, we want to do something about student achievement, and so having student achievement as you've mentioned at the forefront, this is why we exist. We exist to have uh, public schools, good quality public schools, and we want to have the best individuals in front of them. Um, so, um, but but board members are certainly struggling out there. Um, uh, from what I've heard, uh, just to keep the public engaged, and 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 I just wanted to get a sense from you. What do you think it is behind that? Do you know? Do you think there is a concerted effort? We hear a lot from the business community. There's certainly been. Uh, um, business leaders who have called on the uh, dismantling of school boards in, in, in that way. Um, what, what do you think about that? Uh, what do you think is the cause of this kind of public uh, perception of school boards? Well, I'd like to go back to something you said about what are the – and then I'll get to that. But you were talking about sort of what what's the noise out there around these elections. And one of the things you didn't mention, which a panel at Education Nation of CEOs did talk about, was jobs. And the connection between job creation and education is absolutely fundamental. And these CEOs, it was the CEO of DuPont and the CEO of Siemens, big, big companies, global companies. And they said, you know, we want to work together with public education, with our schools and school districts, to ensure that the kind of science and technology and engineering and math capability is created in our students. And there's a big focus on what we call STEM, that, that science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, I always like to add A, STEAM, with the arts. But anyway, <laughs> um, and they, so they get this connection, and we need um, a greater focus on that. So I, I think there, you know, you may, I, let me give you one example of this sort of battle around school boards. You know, Atlanta was in the headlines. Atlanta was in the headlines because um, the, the Atlanta board was having disagreements, and so, of course, the Atlanta Constitution loves, loves to have a board in disagreement. Well, guess what the disagreement was about? Some of the board members questioned these test scores that they were seeing, great gains in test scores. I mean, just amazing gains in test scores. And they questioned, and the other board members said, how can you possibly question that? So there was a little sniff going on. Well, guess what? The board was right. Those test scores were falsified. And mm. what we now know is the cheating scandal in Atlanta was not anything about school board governance. It was because the pressure on teachers and principals was great to improve the, the rankings and the ratings of schools so they wouldn't be punished under No Child Left Behind for having failing schools. Well, we've got to fix the No Child Left Behind law. It's it's broken in some places. It did some good things in others, but it, it's broken. We need to fix it. Um, but here's an example of a board doing its duty. It it was diligent. And you can understand why maybe they were sort of slapped on the wrist for disagreeing in public. But a board of governors, a board of trustees, is there to take off the blinders, to ask the tough questions, mm -hmm. and to always come back and say, what are we got to do to raise student achievement? And 
we did a survey uh, in 2010 of over 1,000 school board members, and their number one issue was funding and budgeting. It, it always is. But the number two issue was improving student learning across the board. Number three was closing the achievement gap among subgroups. The fourth was the quality of teaching. Mm-hmm. So as boards face the hurdles, they want what you and I want and what President Obama wants and every member of Congress wants. We want a, cla- a class A public education system. Absolutely. But it takes working together to get there. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, to our listeners, again, we have Dr. Ann Bryan from the National School Boards Association, and uh, we're going to be taking calls in uh, shortly. Uh, feel free to dial in 347-826-9029. Again, 347-826-9029. Um, we, are, we have a special guest that's going to join us uh, now, uh, called in uh, from Chicago. We have a uh, longtime um, board member, a uh, uh, friend of both uh, mine and uh, uh, Dr. Bryant's, uh, is Dr. Tariq Butt. Um, again, uh, we'll be taking calls. You'll be put on hold, uh, 347-826-9029. Uh, we'll ask uh, Tariq to join in on the conversation. Tariq, hello. Hello, good afternoon. How are you, Dr. Uh, Perkins? Doing well. Yeah, doing well. Thanks for joining us. Um, uh, as you know, Tariq, we've been talking a little bit about this, uh, the entire um, uh country, it seems, is talking about uh, some of the things that are at the forefront of discussion in education, uh, one being contracts of teachers and their um, uh, pay and evaluation being connected to student performance. Um, you are a longtime serving uh, former uh, member of the uh, Chicago Board of Education. Um, we've sat on a board or two together, and um, I appreciate you calling in and wanted to get you to say a few words about um, what the question seems to be now is why now? What is it that's happening now? You can speak specifically uh, to Chicago, um, and, but I, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Um, what's going on now? Um, that has brought this to a head and and how it happened in Chicago. Yeah, first of all, thank you so very much for um, you know having such a great discussion, especially with Dr. Ann Bryan, um, Dr. Perkins. It's, it's, it, it has been such a wonderful um, uh, opportunity in the past for me to work with Dr. Ann Bryan for so many years uh, at NSBA and Cube. Um, she's a great education leader. You know, like she's acknowledged by every. Including, you know, Education Secretary Arnie Duncan. So, um, Tariq, you're more than kind, and it's great to hear your you, voice. Uh, and and um, second of all, I think that it's all about student achievement. At the same time, like Dr. Bryan uh, mentioned, um, you know, the uh, fiscal challenges the school districts are facing. And I, I remember uh, Paul Vallis when I was serving the first term. He mentioned uh, we have to put our fiscal house in order, and then everything else. Uh, we have to work it hard to make sure that it falls in place. And we all, uh, you know, work so hard to make sure that our children achieve the most and, and you know, uh, by, you know, asking our teachers to also, um, you know, uh, function at an optimal level. And, you know, and at the same time, and we all do who are in education for one reason or the other that, you know, like we have to also put a lot of great support to our teachers who play so many various roles because of so many gaps in, in, in the social structure. 
So, you know, like it's a, it's a very delicate balance that we have to achieve, and that's what uh, you saw in and, you know, like the teachers tried, but they, they both were trying to achieve the same goal, how to improve student achievement, but they, they had different ways to approach it, you know. Teachers had this very serious concern that, you know, how they'll continue to function as teachers and continue to provide the best quality education to the children because uh, they have to have um, fiscal stability. And at the same time, board, board of Education members were looking at ways how to continue to fund, you know, um, these raises and, and, you know, like how to improve uh, student performance and how to gauge a teacher's performance and how to evaluate a teacher. Because we all, uh, as board members, as you and I know, and, and you know, like uh, Dr. Ann Bryant as, as a great proponent of education, we try to figure out ways, what's the best way, what's the fair way to evaluate a teacher, you know. And, and I think that the student uh, achievement is one way, you know, how we sort of way in, you know, um, a teacher's performance, but it's not everything. So it's not all or none law, you know. But, you know, like in urban education, we all try to figure out ways how, how what is a fair way to evaluate teacher? Yeah, it, it, you know, it has to be sort of taken into consideration. But how do you take into consideration is the most critical point. Like you have to really figure out a way to evaluate them fairly, you know, what their students were performing when they entered that class. And, you know, how, you know, like they were able to sort of achieve that, um, you know, achievement gap, you know, as a teacher. You know. So we, we have to factor in a lot of things. So I think that's what happened in Chicago and probably uh, it's not unique to Chicago. It happened in other large urban districts. Um, but Chicago has a very unique structure, um, you know, where you have LSE, you know, community engagement at a different level because local school councils actually select the principal. You know, the principals are not selected by school boards. They're only approved. And there are only so many um, situations where uh, school board members ever, um, you know, um, entertain the recommendation of the chief executive officer to appoint teachers, uh, appoint principals. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, like uh, you have to factor in all those factors, you know, like um, when evaluating Chicago, it's, it's a very, very unique um, education model of delivery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, we, as I've visited several of your schools, um, and you were the gracious host to uh, show a group of us around and a very complex system. Um, interestingly, before all of this was uh, uh, hit the headlines, uh, we we have booked uh, for our December guest is the CEO of Chicago Public Schools is. Uh, uh, Jean-Claude Brizard, who will be joining uh, me as a guest in December. So hopefully we will have an opportunity um, to talk a little bit about um, um, where you are specifically in Chicago, um, but it certainly sounds like from you um, that this is this is cert- some, certainly something that has been long in the the the, the at least the conscious of of what was going on at the board is how do you make this happen um, in a way that's responsible, um, and so appreciate your your views on that. So thank, thank you so, so much for for joining us, Tariq. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, um, And so, as you can see, and, you know, that not not any different than we, we suspected um, for um, 
for Chicago, um, at the center of it was we, how do we get more uh, out of uh, the achievement for our students? So I, I think it goes right along with what you were saying. Absolutely. And yeah. I'm glad the strike is over and teachers are back in the classroom. Absolutely, because one thing we know for sure is they don't learn if they're not in the classroom. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And so uh, as we wrap up, I just, again, I'd like to thank you, um, Anne, for for your um, call in and your participation. Uh, uh, just want a, a few things to our audience. Um, uh, next month we have uh, Ms. Betsy Landers, who is the uh, national president for the National PTA. Uh, we're going to have a discussion, and uh, she will uh, talk a little bit about uh, how the partnership works between parents and public education. We're going to talk about um, how the PTA actually encourages parents to participate in the educational process and the ways in which school leaders uh, can better engage parents to be involved. Uh, I think a very, very important conversation um, and um, certainly something that we uh, we we look forward to. Uh, that is on October 24th, uh, Wednesday, October 24th at 2 p.m. So as we finish up, Ann, do you have any uh, final comments you'd like to leave uh, with our audience? Just to, to say that um, school board members in every community are anxious to work with the community, with the business leaders, with um, faith groups, with all the people who, in fact, are the owners of our public schools. Community engagement is terribly important, and school board members being of the community can be the real leaders for rallying all of the public around their public schools because, in the end, no matter how many good reforms and changes that, that school boards are working toward, uh, unless the community is supporting our public schools, in the end it won't last. And so the kids need us, and, uh, Brian, I think your show is a wonderful way to reach out to a broader community. So thank you. Well, thank you. And to our audience, until next month, go well, stay well. Thank you for joining us, Anne. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.